Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. What I want to talk to you about this morning or this afternoon is developing spiritual fortitude or spiritual strength and inner fortitude. So if you are taking notes, write at the top of your notes, developing spiritual strength and inner fortitude. We're going to talk about the importance of developing a strong spirit. Scripture tells us that we are primarily spirit beings because we are created in the image and in the likeness of God. And because of it, Jesus said God is a spirit. Therefore, we must be spirit beings before anything else if we are created in the likeness and in the image of God. We have a soul or possess a soul which is made up of our will, our mind, the ability to, uh, to think and communicate as well as emotions. That's, that's the soul. And we live in this physical body. We are not a body and we are not a soul. We are a spirit being, possess a soul and we live in this body. Now, a lot has been said and a lot is being done and much is being spent on developing the human body. But not much is known or said about developing the human spirit. Now, before we go into it, I want to give you a definition of the word fortitude because that's what we're going to be speaking about. Developing spiritual strength and inner fortitude. The word fortitude is the spiritual and the mental as well as emotional strength in facing difficulties, adversity, or temptation without giving in or giving up. That's called fortitude. Let me reiterate that. Fortitude is the spiritual, the mental, and emotional strength in being able to face difficulty, adversity, or temptation without giving in or giving up. The synonyms for that word is also backbone, boldness, braveness, courage, determination, endurance, fearlessness, gutsiness, all of those words mean the same thing. Also perseverance, stamina, staying power, and valiancy. The opposite of the word fortitude is cowardice, helplessness, or weakness. Now, we're going to read several, several verses of Scripture beginning with Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14. I'm reading from the Amplified Translation. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14. This is what it says. The strong spirit of a man 
sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up or bear. What that tells us is that when you are in bodily pain, when you experience pain in your body or trouble, what comes to your aid and to your assistance and bears you up is your strong spirit. If you do not have a strong spirit, you will cave under that pain or you will give in to that trouble or temptation, whatever the case may be. So what holds you up, the dynamo, your strength, your ability to endure the various tests and trials or troubles is the strength of your inner man. The more you are strengthened within, the more you are able to overcome and to, and to maintain your reliance and your faith in God, regardless of what goes on around you. In other words, you're not easily discouraged. You are not easily offended. You are not easily disappointed or get depressed because you have strength within your inner man that is able to resist and come against all of these things. Now, we're also going to read Luke chapter 1, the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 1, verse 80, also from the Amplified Translation. And this verse is speaking about John the Baptist. And the boy grew, that's John the Baptist, and became strong in spirit. Make a mental note of those, those words. He became strong in spirit. John the Baptist didn't just develop physically, he also developed spiritually. And he became strong in his spirit. And he was in the deserts until the day of his appearing to Israel or the commencement of his public ministry. God trained him in the desert brought him to a place where he grew spiritually. He was mature, he was strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That is why he was so successful in his ministry. He never had to advertise his ministry, he just started preaching. And his message was very simple, his message was always one of repentance. And the Bible says crowds came from all the cities around about to hear and to be baptized by John the Baptist. You know, when God anoints a person and he has something to say from God, you don't have to advertise. People will hunt you down. They will seek you out. They will find you wherever you are. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, reading from the Amplified, again, translation. Paul, the apostle, prays for the church in Ephesus. His prayer is very specific and direct. Notice what he prays for. This is a good prayer for you to pray, for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones. He goes on to say, Ephesians 3 verse 16, Paul prays and he says, May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. Notice what he asks. 
He says, I pray that God, out of the rich treasury of His glory, He would strengthen and reinforce you with mighty power in your inner man or your spirit. Your inner man is your spirit. By the Holy Spirit indwelling your innermost being and personality. And finally in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 from the New King James translation we read, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about being strong in spirit, doesn't it? You will see it throughout the scriptures, especially in the New Testament, in the epistles. Just as our physical body can be built up and strengthened through physical exercise, even so our human spirit can be built up and strengthened the same way, not by the same uh, tools or means. In order to build up your body and to develop your muscle makeup, you need to uh, exercise. Physical exercise will do that for you. And, uh, and so your spirit can also be built up as you apply yourself to the Word of God and be diligent and faithful in what God requires of you. Now, I have observed through the years that what defeats us in life is not what comes from the outside of us, but what we lack on the inside. Nothing that comes from the outside can defeat you or overcome you if you are strong in spirit. Because greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. Jesus said, Fear not, I have overcome the world. And in Him we are world overcomers. And so what defeats us in life is not the trouble that comes from outside, the temptation, the tests, the trials. It's the weakness in our spirits. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 10 in the Amplified Translation says the following. If you faint... In the day of adversity, or in other words, if you falter, if you flip over, <laughs> in the day of your trouble or adversity, your strength is small. That's how you can gauge your spiritual stamina and your spiritual strength. Does it take very little? to get you depressed, to get you discouraged, to get you disappointed in life, to make you give in, give up, start murmuring, start complaining, or does it take a lot? Depends how much strength you have within your inner man. So, too many of us, many times, we blame our circumstances on the outside. We blame other people for where we are. We blame the economy. We blame the government. We blame our parents. Why we are the way we are. It's not my fault. That's the way I was raised up. And so many other things. Rather than acknowledging that we do have an inward problem, which is weakness in our spirit and a lack of mental and emotional fortitude. That's the real problem. It's because we haven't developed spiritually. 
We haven't matured. We haven't grown strong in spirit. And it takes very little to push us over or to derail us or distract us from our God-given goal and purpose in life. Personally, I believe this is one of the greatest needs that we have in our churches today. Knowing how to develop and strengthen our human spirit. Knowing what develops the human spirit and putting that knowledge into practice. Knowing is not enough, just, just that you know what develops your spirit. You're going to have to put that knowledge into practice. And that's called wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to apply the knowledge that you have. Knowledge is not enough. We have many graduates from universities, from colleges that are completely failures today. Knowledge is not enough. Wisdom is the principal thing. And wisdom, the definition of wisdom is being able to apply the knowledge that we have or we've gained. Amen? The Word of God tells us in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36, For you have need of endurance. Can you say that after me? I have need of endurance. I need to learn how to endure. I need to learn how to to be constant and the same, I need to develop patience in my life because that's what endurance is. Patience is also called inner fortitude. A patient person is always the same, never changes. He's constant, he's consistent. He's not one day up and the next day down. Amen? One day hot and for the Lord on fire and after a couple of months he's grown cold and indifferent towards the things of God. So the word says we have need of endurance. Uh, I cannot tell you how many times the Lord had spoken these words into my spirit. Especially when I'm believing God for the fulfillment of His promises and I'm not seeing the realization of those promises and I've been praying and standing in faith for quite a while and then I would hear these words, Andrea, you have need of patience, you have need of endurance that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36. Now, Everyone knows what it takes to develop physical fitness and strength, but not many know how to develop a strong spirit. The scripture we read concerning John the Baptist says that the boy grew and he became. Now, he wasn't born with a strong spirit. None of us are. When you get born again, you're just a little infant, spiritual infant. The Bible often compares physical growth, physical birth and growth, to spiritual birth, rebirth and growth. And the boy, John, he, he wasn't born with a strong spirit. Not even Jesus was born with a strong spirit. But the Bible says he became. How did he become? He learned how to develop his inner strength, how to develop his spirit. Not only did he grow physically, but he also grew spiritually. Sad to say that sometimes people grow up physically, but they never grow up spiritually. They still keep making foolish decisions, and they keep making the same mistakes. They've grown old, but they haven't grown 
um, wise. So gray hair is not, is, not a, is not a sign of maturity. Some of us have it. Amen? So how do we recognize or measure spiritual strength? How, how do you know when somebody is spiritually strong? The spiritual and the mental strength of an individual is measured by his ability or her ability to endure temptation, adversity and opposition, as well as hardships without giving up, giving in, or being derailed from his purpose. That's how you measure spiritual strength. You face that adversity, you face that opposition, you face that hardship, whatever it is, and yet in your spirit you do not lose hope. You're not discouraged. You're not being thwarted or derailed from your God-given goal and from your God-given purpose. No matter what the devil throws at you, you keep moving, you keep going, you keep plodding on, day in and day out. That's spiritual fortitude. That is endurance. That is consistency. And that is what is terribly lacking within our churches today. People who are consistent in the faith, people who are consistent in the prayer life, people who are consistent in their giving, people who are consistent in witnessing to others, people who maintain that spiritual, how can I put it, illumination and light about them. Amen? That is a wonderful testament. Because remember, unbelievers, sinners are watching you. They're watching your life. They're watching your behavior, your walk. And if they see one day you're up, the next day you're down, one day you're in, the next day you're out, you're not a good testimony. And you're not going to be able to influence people. So we need to develop consistency in our lives. We need to develop fortitude. Amen? No matter what we face in life. No matter what circumstances around us are telling us. That's how you measure a person's maturity, growth, and spiritual fortitude. Now, spiritually strong people are those who continue to maintain an attitude of faith and reliance on God, persevering until final victory, despite the negative and deteriorating circumstances around them. They have a praise report, never a negative report. Why? Because they don't walk by sight. They walk by faith. They look at the promises of God, and faith only looks at God, not the circumstances, not what you feel, not what it looks like, but what God said about the situation. That is why I often ask people, what does God say about your situation? What is He telling you? What does the Word say? Most people, when I question them, they don't know. Not sure, Pastor, I don't know. Well, if you don't know what God is saying to you in that particular situation, you have nothing to base your faith on except what you see and what you feel, what your body tells you. 
That is why I encourage folks, especially when you're going through a difficult time or an adversity, always seek the face of God and hear the spoken or the rhema word of God speaking to you, then you have a foundation for your faith. So when I ask you, what is God saying to you? You are able to quote the word and say to me, thus saith the Lord. This is what God is telling me to do. This is what God is, is encouraging me with. But if you don't have any word from God, where would you base your faith on? Amen? We need to learn to receive the counsel or the word of God at any given situation we face in life. If it's a financial situation and problem, we need to hear from God. What is He saying about it? Why? Lord, what's going on? Hello? He may say to you, you have need of endurance, that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. God is always faithful if you inquire of Him to always let you know what He's thinking about the situation and what He's speaking about the situation, your situation. You need encouragement, He'll give it to you. You need counsel, He'll give it to you. You need direction, He'll give it to you through His Word. That's how God speaks. That's how God works. Men and women who discover their purpose in life will certainly face much adversity. They will face afflictions and they will face hardships. Make no mistake about it. Paul, speaking to the young believers in the book of Acts, he encouraged them with these words, saying to them that we must go through many tribulations in entering the kingdom of God. Not some, many. So, the life of faith is not a life on a flowery beds of ease. You will face adversity because if you discover who you really are in Christ and you discover your purpose in life, be absolutely sure the devil will gun for you. He will aim his biggest attacks and cannons against you. Why? To derail you from your God-given purpose in life to move you out of your position, to move you out of the will of God, so that your life will become unfruitful. I'm not saying you're not saved. When you die, you will go to heaven, but your life will be unproductive and unfruitful when it comes to the kingdom of God. Now, such a man was Joseph. Joseph, this young man, faced adversity from a young age like no other person that I know of in the Bible, maybe except the Lord Jesus and the Apostle Paul. Forsaken and betrayed by his own brethren as a young man, as a youngster, only 16, later sold as a slave in Egypt, and after experiencing a brief period of relief and favor in Potiphar's house, he was falsely accused of rape and thrown into the dungeons. Completely innocent. Amen? You talk about adversity. Why? Because Joseph was a man of dreams. Joseph was a man of purpose. He understood who he was, and he understood the call of God on his life. And that's why the devil wanted to take him out, thwart him and move him and derail him from his God-given purpose. Remember, Joseph in his father's tent as a young man, the Lord visited him with two dreams. Those dreams were prophetic. 
And he knew, and though he, he didn't have the whole picture, but he knew that the will of God for his life was going to bless many, many people in the future. And that's why the devil came after him with everything he had. From one form of adversity he went into another, and from one set of trials into another, yet the devil could not crush him, he could not derail him, he could not thwart him from his purpose. You will read in the book of Genesis that every time you'll see Joseph going through his trials, you will always read, and Joseph remembered his dreams. And Joseph remembered his dreams. He always kept the promise of God and the word of God before his eyes. And the devil couldn't thwart him, couldn't, couldn't derail him from that purpose. Joseph persevered and endured under much pressure and hostility like no other except maybe the Lord Jesus without giving up until final victory. Sure. Uh, one, of the, one of the figures that I really admire in the Bible is the character of Joseph. A man of integrity. A man of values. A man who honored and loved God more than his own life, more than anything else. Someone once said that tough circumstances do not last, but tough people do. You will last. If you develop a strong spirit, you will last. James has much to say about the person who has developed a strong character or a strong spirit. In James chapter 1, verse 12, we read, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Who is the blessed man? Blessed is the man who endures, who perseveres through temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love Him. And not everybody's going to receive a crown. <laughs> Some of us think that we're going to be surprised and shocked that day when crowns are handed out. Now, men of purpose, or men with a purpose, men and women, who, who have a purpose in life, require to be people of spiritual strength and fortitude. Now, if you don't have a purpose in your life, if you don't know who you are in Christ and what God has called you to do, anywhere will get you there. Why would the devil bother with you? You're no longer a threat to him. But when you have a dream from God, when you have a call to accomplish certain things in the Lord, and every one of us has a call from God, you just need to discover what it is. I discovered mine when I was about two years old in the Lord. I knew that one day I would end up preaching the gospel. As I was reading the scriptures and meditating, a portion of scripture just leaped off the page and, and was imprinted into my spirit. And I knew. I was in business then. I was not a preacher. But I knew sooner or later I would end up preaching the gospel all over the world. How did I know that? 
God revealed it to me by the Spirit. No pastor told me, no man told me that. The Spirit himself revealed that to me. That's why the enemy tried his best to derail me from my faith and to take, take me out of the faith at a very, very early uh, young spiritual age with everything he had he threw at me including my own family my own uh, Greek people that I that I, I fellowship with my own from my own denomination and it came to me as a surprise at that time because I didn't know what was going on when I was a sinner when I was a rebel nobody bothered me now I became a Christian I'm following the Lord and all hell broke loose and I was saying Lord what's going on and the Lord revealed this to me. He showed me who was behind it, that it wasn't people, but it was a demonic spirit endeavoring to derail me and take me out of the faith because God had a call on my life. And when you discover your purpose, you become a very dangerous person. You become a, a great threat to the kingdom of darkness. And so he'll come against you. The reason being is that, you know, the, the, the adversary, our adversary, the devil has, will unleash a horde of demons against godly men and women in order, with a single purpose, in order to derail them. To distract them from the purpose. Break down the morale through pressure. Uh, Jesus said that in Mark chapter 4. He said, the cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in to your very own spirit, they weaken your spirit and you become unproductive when it comes to bearing fruit as a disciple of the Lord. That doesn't mean you're not saved, you just become unfruitful and unproductive. Why? Because the cares. And you know, if you do not develop a strong spirit, the cares of this world will get, will get, will get the better of you the worries, the anxieties, the responsibilities of life. Just living life is, 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 is not easy today in our day and age. And all of these things will come against you. What will help you to overcome is a strong spirit, is an inward fortitude that is able to overcome and push them aside and continue with serving God. Some of us doesn't take much to bowl us over. All the devil has to do is just we off and we down. Like what do you call those things that you bowling pins? And God is looking for strong people, folk. Otherwise, we'll not be able to fulfill God's purpose for our lives, and, and our assignments will remain unfinished. Amen. Now, if you and I do not develop spiritual strength and inner fortitude, it's not going to be a case of whether or not we'll be derailed or distracted, but when we will be. It's not if, but when. So, while you and I sleep, you know what the devil is doing? Is plotting and planning your downfall. You hear that, young men, young women? He's not sleeping. He's devising a scheme, a plan. How am I going to derail these young folk? How am I going to get them into sin? How am I going to get them into, 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 into an area where it might not be altogether black, but it's gray? 
And slowly, 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 if you don't have a strong spirit to resist that temptation, you will be swept away. So be on your guard. And today the Lord is giving you a prophetic warning. Guard your heart. Guard your mind. Choose your friends wisely and carefully. Do not hang around with sinners. I don't care how friendly they are, how good they are. The Bible says that evil communication corrupts good character. Hello. Amen. While you and I sleep, the devil is plotting. He's planning your downfall. Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 62 and verse 4. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. Who's they who consult to cast you down from your excellent and honorable position? The Bible says that God has given every one of us an excellent, honorable position in Christ Jesus. Who are those who consult to cast you down from that place of honor? The devil and all of his cohorts. During my years of ministry, I have seen more than my share of good men, anointed and gifted men and women of God, full of hope, full of purpose, fall from the place of honor and from the place of authority that God has given them. They brought themselves into disrepute and shame. The reason they fell is because they had not given heed to the Lord to develop godly character and inner fortitude. That's the only reason. They relied on the gifting rather than on godly character. Your gift will only take you so far. But if you don't have the inner strength, the inner fortitude, the godly character, your gift will not be able to keep you there. It's character that undergirds integrity. I, I'm so, you know, I get shocked sometimes with Christians promise so many things and they never follow up. They will promise you this and promise you that and give you the word and they know where to be found. Never give your word to anyone and do not keep it. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Or rather don't say anything at all. Amen? If you say you're going to pray for someone, do it. Otherwise don't say I'm praying for you because you're a liar. Keep your word. Be a person of integrity. If you do not keep your word and you do not trust your own word, how are you going to trust the word of God? You are as good as your word is. If your word is good, you are good. If your word is no good, you no good. Amen. That's as bluntly as I can put it. So don't promise and don't say you're going to do and never follow up. If you, go, if you say to someone, I'll meet you at 5, be there at 5 to 5. Don't come at quarter past 5, half past 5, and give all sorts of excuses why you're late. Hello? Oh no, there was too much traffic. You should have made your plans if you knew there was traffic on the road. Amen? If you learn that early in life, God will bless you. Amen? Now, the word says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12 in the Amplified, Therefore let anyone who thinks he stands, 
who feels sure that he has a steadfast mind and is standing firm, take heed lest he fall into sin. Now I have a question. How do you develop spiritual strength and inner fortitude? Well, it is not developed overnight. Forget it. Nothing works instant in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who casts seed on the ground, then he goes to sleep, day and night. The seed grows of itself as it, as it meshes with the ground. It's like a mustard seed. You plant it, you water it, and in time it grows. Nothing works instantaneous. So even this, you develop spiritual fortitude over time as you patiently and consistently pursue the Lord with all of your heart, giving His Word first place in your life. Nothing is more important than the will of God. If you want to develop inner fortitude, then you're going to have to make that decision if you haven't made it right now, that your word is more important to me than food or drink or pleasure or money or anything. Your word, Lord. I need to give heed to your word and I need to give it first place. Amen? The doorway to developing mental and spiritual fortitude is called consistency. Write that down. Consistency. Being consistently obedient to the Lord's Word and to the leading of His Spirit, in time you will develop a strong spirit and inner mental and emotional fortitude. It's no good knowing the Word. You have to practice the Word. The consistent practice of our Christian disciplines, listen to this, such as prayer, meditation in the Word, fellowship with other believers, witnessing to others about Christ, giving of your financial resources on a consistent base, becomes key to the development of godly character and spiritual strength. But you have to be consistent. You can't pray one day a week and expect to develop a strong spirit. You can't read your Bible once a week for a few minutes and throw it up on the shelf and expect to grow spiritually strong. You're going to have to be consistent in the Word day in and day out. You've got to have a regular time that you meet with God and His Word, that you fellowship with God in prayer, and you spend time in listening and waiting upon God on a daily basis. Just like you feed your body regularly, you're going to have to feed your spirit on a regular basis. You neglect your spirit, your spirit will not take care of you when you need him to do so. You're going to reach down deep within to, to gain strength, but you won't have any strength. Because you haven't got any reserves within. You haven't taken the time to meditate in the word from where your spiritual sustenance comes from. This is where most believers stumble when it comes to, um, to these spiritual disciplines. They may pray, but they're not consistent in prayer. They may read the Word from time to time, but they're not consistent in the Word. They may, uh, uh, they may give sometimes when they feel like it, 
when they have something to give or when they have a, a crisis, the first thing that stops is the giving. You know, God watches, watches these things. What are you going to do? God doesn't need your money, folks. He can turn stones into money, but He's watching your consistency and your faith and reliance in Him rather than in your bank account. Where is your trust? Do you believe God is able to do that for you? Amen? And, and, and you know, many of us go through a test like that, and God watches us. What are you going to do when you go through a crisis? Hello? Consistency. Say that again, and I need to be consistent in my prayer, in the meditation of the Word, in witnessing to others, in fellowship with the other believers. Some people, they will come to church when they feel like it. They look for excuses not to be there, instead of looking for excuses to be there. You can't develop a strong spirit if you're inconsistent. Amen? Just like you get up every morning and you go to work, whether you feel like it or not. You get up every morning and you pray. Amen? You say, well, I don't know how to pray. It's boring. Well, if you sit before the Lord long enough and rely on the Holy Spirit, He will teach you how to pray. There's only one way to be taught, is to pray. Amen? How did you learn how to drive? How do you learn how to swim? How do you learn how to cook? Not by just reading books, but by actually getting behind that steering wheel and driving. And that's how we learn to pray. Amen? Now, men and women who truly walk with God and have the priorities in order are men of spiritual strength and inner fortitude. These men and women who value the Word of God and they value prayer. They are people who spend quality time with the Lord on daily basis and from day to day they exercise their faith by acting on the Word they know. They have learned by practice to yield day by day to the new nature within and while subduing the flesh and keeping it under. You know, the flesh will take you, will, will, if you allow it, will take you to all sorts, of, all sorts of avenues. You have to keep the flesh under. Paul says, I discipline my body, and I, who's the I he's talking about? His spirit, I bring it into subjection. Lest when I preach to others, I myself would be a castaway. Our body can be trained just like our dog can be trained. Our body is not our Lord. Amen? And we have to learn to subdue that. <clears throat> now, one more final thing before we, we close, is that believers who are strong in spirit and have developed inner fortitude are rightly aligned and correctly positioned in the body of Christ. What do I mean by that? They are connected with other believers. They're not lone rangers. They understand the value of spiritual authority and they submit to that authority. Now, they are not lone rangers. Their connection to the body and within the body of Christ 
supplies them with strength and they become recipients of the corporate anointing. Now every one of us is anointed by God. If you're born again, born of the Spirit, you have an individual anointing. The Bible says so. 1 John chapter 1, I think verse 20 says, But you have an anointing from above, and you know all things. And the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you. So you have an individual anointing residing within you. But when you rightly connected and aligned in the, the family that God places you in, then you become also a recipient of the corporate anointing. And you are a thousand times stronger under the corporate anointing than you are under your individual anointing. So when you're standing and facing adversity, you're no longer on your own, but you have others standing with you in the Spirit, pushing with you. Do you understand that? That's, that, is, that, is a, that is a revelation that we must all receive. Many times the Lord will encourage you and strengthen you, not directly, but indirectly through His body. And if you not make that connection with the body of Christ, or with the family you are in, you will deprive yourself of that valuable input that the body has for you. Amen? Just like you guys have connected with me and to my ministry, and you receive ministry, God connects you with other members in the family so that they can walk with you, encourage you when you're going through trouble or temptation or adversity. We, we're not meant to live isolated Christian lives. We're not lone rangers. We are part of a family. And we need to learn how to make those connections and invest in those relationships that God brought into our lives. Because that's how God ministers to us. You have something that I need and I have something that you need. And what releases that is our relationship and our connection. Mm. Amen? So all of us need to make an effort to connect. Because naturally it doesn't happen. You have to make time to connect with people. And I'm encouraging you, make time to connect with one another. Not just on a Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. Reach out, go have coffee, pray for each other, make that connection. Amen? So, the people who develop a strong spirit are people who, who have connections in the body of Christ, in the family that God places them in. Of course, you can't connect with every believer, but you can connect with the believers that are part of your own spiritual family. That's why God says He sets the lonely in families. God gave you a spiritual family, and that family is called Alpha and Omega. You are part of this family. God has placed others in this family, not just locally, but abroad. And He wants us to connect with each other. Pray for each other. Encourage each other. Love one another. You will find 58 references in the New Testament that refers to our responsibility toward one another. Relationships are important. Because that's how God ministers to you, through these relationships. Now, men of great potential and great calling with tremendous gifting, they fell because they had no relational structures around them. 
they may have had yes men yes sir no sir you know puppets but they didn't have these relational uh, structures around them who could speak into their lives they were far too proud and arrogant you know you can receive advice from an inf from a from a young young boy or a young girl the Bible says with the mouth of uh, by the mouth of babes and sucklings you will you will hear wisdom we can be we can receive teaching and counsel from anyone within the body of Christ because we together collectively have the mind of Christ amen and so these men fell they were tremendous giftings and I can give you example after example because they had no relationals they were not accountable to anybody they were a law unto themselves and that's dangerous folks amen now they were not rightly aligned or correctly positioned in the body of Christ the Bible says a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire he races he rages against all wise judgment folks who want to do their own thing listen to me will eventually uh, eventually isolate themselves from the rest of the fellowship and in doing so they become prey to the enemy's attacks as I said we all need to make an effort to connect to relate and participate in the life of the family we are part of instead of asking what can this ministry do for me rather ask the question how can I serve this family to which I'm part of that's how you connect by serving amen the way we connect with our spiritual families by getting involved how do you do that by embracing the family's values and beliefs as well as the overall mission and helping to make that mission a reality when we make that commitment God the Father begins to speak to us and give us guidance and understanding on where and how to get involved in the first place you begin to connect is through prayer I remember when I joined the church as a, as a young believer uh, the Lord led me without me realizing it I would pray regularly for each member it was a small church I could name them all by heart I knew everyone and I prayed for them fervently I prayed for the pastor I prayed for his wife I prayed for the leadership I prayed for the elderly in the church and you know what God began to give me prophetic words for them why because I got involved in their lives God would come and he would give me dreams about the people I'm praying for why would he do that because I was praying for them when you begin to pray for your brother for your sister in your house church and the people God connects you to you will watch God begin to speak to you he will reveal things to you about that person not for you to publish but for you to pray about he will even come to you in dreams and show you things many times I would have dreams about members of my own spiritual family whether they're here whether they are abroad they are still in my heart so that I would know how to pray for them if they're going through difficult times somehow I would know about them that's what happens when you begin to care for the people that God connects you to folks amen
And this is where many believers fail to make that vital connection because they are afraid or unwilling to make that commitment. You know, you can be in a spiritual family for years and never make that connection. You're just there physically, but you haven't connected spiritually. And that's what we're talking about. You know, in South Africa, we have a lot, as you know, of violent crimes. And the number one reason for the violence and the crimes in South Africa, you know what it is? Unemployment. People who are unemployed resort to crime in order to make a living. Do you know that the same principle works in the spirit? Spiritually unemployed believers are the cause of many ills and problems within the church. They are the ones that always complain about something. They are the ones that gossip. Why? Because they, they don't, they're not spiritually employed. They're not serving. They're just sitting by the sidelines watching everybody and think they know better than anybody else. So they start pointing fingers. Oh, that's not, you should have done that. That's not right. That's not right. This is not, you should have done this. You shouldn't have done this. No, no. When you are involved with your family, when you begin to pray for your family, when you support your family spiritually, mentally, prayerfully, financially, then you've got no time. Because I tell you this, you cannot easily criticize the person you're praying for regularly. It's just not possible. Amen? It's very quiet here today. <laughs> Be faithful in the little, in serving your family's needs, and watch the Lord strengthen you, bless you, and begin to do great things in your life. And I want to leave you with one of my favorite verses in the Bible. In closing our session today. It's found in Exodus chapter 23 verse 25 and 26. You shall serve the Lord your God. And he shall bless your bread and water. And I will take sickness from your midst. None shall lose her young by miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. Notice how this verse of Scripture starts. You shall serve the Lord your God and He shall bless your bread and water. The blessing comes after the serving. Many want the blessing before they start serving. But when you begin to serve, the blessing will follow you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our time together this afternoon. We thank you for everyone who has logged on today, received the word. And I decree and declare, Lord, that the word which we heard, we will practice. We will not just be hearers of the word, but doers. Thank you for your precious word. Your word is our life, Lord. And we commit ourselves to you for the rest of the week. We look to you for guidance. We look to you for opportunities that we may exercise our faith, share our faith with others, and encourage those whom you want us to encourage today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.